Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on this Friday, February 3rd, 2023. An amazing show of Lockdown Blue Devils planned for you today, as of course we are your one-stop shop, a daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. Be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch the show daily on YouTube each and every day, continuing our class towards 1,000 subscribers and your support on the YouTube platform means the absolute world. We're on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and you can follow me, of course, at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Without further ado, I'm so excited to bring on my good friend Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation on Twitter is here with us once again. Ryan, it is so good to see you again. Glad to have you back here on Lockdown Blue Devils. Hey, man, great to be here. I apologize for being busy this fall and this winter, but uh, now it's full focus on Duke basketball, so I'm, I'm pumped to talk about it. Yeah, it's a great time of year, man. Here we are. The month of February is upon us. We are on the eve of the Duke and UNC game set to be played from inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. You were last heard and seen here on this podcast Thanksgiving week going into the Portland festivities for the Duke men's basketball team. We didn't have as much evidence or tape out there on Derek Whitehead or Derek Lively just yet because they had some injuries coming out of the gates. We hadn't necessarily seen the emergence of some of the freshman players for Duke basketball so far this year. And, uh, man, things have changed since you've been on the program. What are your thoughts, man, on this uh, Duke basketball team currently with that 16-6 and overall record? Yeah, honestly, if we would have talked like two a week or two ago, I think my thoughts would have been a lot different. But um, the game last night and the game against Georgia Tech has me kind of being a little more optimistic. Um, UNC scares me, though. I know we'll get into that and preview and all that. This, this game coming up scares me. But my thoughts overall this season are I, I didn't know what to expect. Like Shire's first season, we have a bunch of freshmen in a, in a recruiting class that was perceived to be a down recruiting class since the, the pandemic kind of halted some uh, individual development. So – um, I, I wasn't expecting this team to be perfect, but I think I've expected a little bit better, a little bit more from Jeremy Roach and such, but um, he's come along strong lately. You're seeing a lot of improvement. I, what we're seeing is things that you would expect to see from a team that's just growing in, in, in their first year together. And um, we see that a lot with Duke, with, uh, with Duke teams. We're only getting some of these players for one, one year or so and seeing guys like Proctor develop guys like uh, Derek Lively develop. And now Roach's game is coming on and then, Thank God we have the anchor with Flip who can go out there and get you 20 and 15 on Amen. any night this last couple of weeks. So um, it, they're, they're coming around. There's still some stuff to work on, obviously. Um, not a great shooting team, but like we had saw evidence on, on the other night when they played Wake, Tyrese was hitting shots. Jeremy was playing really well shooting the ball. And then Kyle had a couple of big shots on the stretch. So um, happy with the improvement. Shire's improved as well, obviously. Um, so yeah, just happy with where we're at. I think this team could be a dangerous team if they continue to improve a lot like they have been in the next month or two. It is funny how quickly things can change. The season changes so much week to week. You're playing two games a week in conference play. You go back to this time kind of last week. You don't really know what to expect because Duke is coming off a loss to Virginia Tech on the road in Blacksburg. But even before that, Duke barely had any time at all to celebrate a pretty big win at home against Miami. It's just so quick how you kind of change 
throughout the season. Now we get set for this North Carolina team being played at home, and I want to get to that game a little bit later. But the fact that it is a home game and the fact that Duke has been so dominant once again on the hardwood at Coach K Court inside Cameron Indoor Stadium, what's been the biggest reason for that? What has it been like for you to see Duke playing so well at home? Yeah, I th- I'm sure it just has to do with comfortability, especially with the young team. It's the place they practice all the time. They've been practicing there since June um, and, and or over the summer. I don't know the exact date, but either way, it's, it's where they're comfortable shooting. It's where they're comfortable playing. Um, and these guys, like the hostile environments, you don't really get that in high school basketball. You do it to an extent in some and maybe a game or two here and there. And depending upon what where you actually play, it can it can vary. But you don't get hostile environments where people are cheering some stuff at you that you're probably not used to hearing. And they have backgrounds on you. They got, they got chant sheets. They got all this stuff that gives them the upper hand on, on the road. And these arenas are big. Everyone's screaming against them. And then the other thing is everybody gives Duke their best shot. That's no secret. That's nothing new. And so when you're going on the road to, to teams like Virginia tech, to teams like Clemson, like their fans are showing out these, this is their player, their, their team's uh, championship for, in some cases, the ACC is a little bit different this year. And uh, just you have to be able to take everybody's best game on and then be, do it on the road. It's tough. And when you have it at home, you have the crowd behind you. Um, it helps a lot. And it's been very comforting to be able to kind of, I don't want to say chalk everyone up as a win, but like you have a little bit more confidence going into each game, knowing that they're going to be out there on, on Cameron or in Cameron Indoor Stadium. So it's, it's been nice. The conference at large, talking about this ACC conference this season, right? They had three teams a year ago make it all the way to the Elite Eight. Two teams are playing in the Final Four. Of course, that Duke and North Carolina matchup, that took place. Duke right now outside of the top 25, as are the Tar Heels. But you take a look at the conference where Duke defends their ACC regular season title. What are things that jump out to you, Ryan? It's just weird. Like I, I have a love. Very strange. Yeah, I, I have a, a love hate relationship with the old. It happened last year. It's like the ACC is down this year. They're bad. Everybody else is really good, but we're still going to see six, seven teams get into the tournament this year. Which I mean, for a Power Five conference, that's still pretty good. Sure that there's no team, maybe besides Virginia, that stands out as a top ten team right now. Um, I think Duke can get there. I think North Carolina obviously has a talent to get there, but. Um, it's just, it's for me, it's cool to see, right? Like it's cool to have Clemson and Virginia tech and even NC state and Pitt of all teams to like be playing at a decent level. It's good for the ACC. It's good for college basketball. Um, definitely surprised by it, but, um, I'm enjoying it. It makes ACC basketball a lot more fun to watch. Yeah. It's a reason to turn on the television. You never know what will take place. Of course, earlier this week, going into the matchup, uh, we saw a one in nine Georgia tech team take on a winless Louisville team in the conference. So while there are success stories so far this year, there are also really terrible basketball teams in the conference as well. Let's talk a little bit more about some individual performances from the Duke blue devils that have stood out so far this season. And we'll do that after our first time out here on today's show. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try Built Bar. You're absolutely going to love the selection because healthy is actually tasty when you take our word and trust our friends over at Built. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. 
real chocolate. And they've got unbelievable flavors that are so tasty as well, like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but they do. They make these bars taste just like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And that's even better that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Head to your nearest Walmart today, go to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of a Built Bar. Built Bar is a proud presenting sponsor of Lockdown Blue Devils. Welcome back into today's program. I'm JJ Jackson alongside my pal Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation on Twitter. And Ryan, we take a look at the Duke basketball team so far this season, 16-6 and six overall on the year. You mentioned him a little bit ago, but Kyle Filipowski, seven times already this season, has been named the ACC Freshman of the Week, had another double-double earlier this week against Wake Forest. He's the engine that uh, kind of powers the Duke offense this year. Yeah, definitely coming into the season, especially national scouts and national media did not expect that. I know Duke fans didn't. We all kind of thought it'd be the roach Derek show, and obviously injuries played in with Derek. But having a guy like Flip, he's going to go down as probably one of the more underappreciated players, depending upon how this season turns out. He could fall into one of those underappreciated categories of like the Vernon Carey Juniors and the and the Matthew Hurts of guys who could just go out there and get 20, 25 a night when they wanted to. Um, we'll see how it how it goes in March, but I, I put him under that category right now. I don't know if his um, greatness is really being appreciated like it will, and we'll see going forward. But um, the biggest thing for me is is getting Roach to continue to play at the level he did the other night against Wake. He played phenomenal in the first half, had a little bit of an issue in the second half with shooting, but but Flip came through for the, for the team there. Um, getting Roach to continue to play well off the ball, he's been permanently moved to the two. It looks like Proctor's our point guard which um, a lot of a lot of things that I was clamoring for throughout the season that I thought yeah. was players having a role. And now it seems like players are understanding their role in the team. Proctor's going to be the point guard leading the team. Roach will be off the ball, which is kind of how they played to finish the year last year. And 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 so um, it's good to see that them coming into their role. The other one is Derek Lively. You're not going to – like you see the points per game, four points per game, not a lot. Obviously, he's not the back-to-the-basket post-up scorer. Um, but just the, his impact he's made in the last month or so, uh, defensively even, and then in the pick and roll with with Tyrese, we've seen a lot of lobs, um, which seems to work just about every dang time. So that's cool to see. Um, and then the other one for me is is Ryan Young. Now that Lively is kind of on the up and up, Ryan Young's uh, I would say points and and rebounds have gone down a little bit, but definitely a guy we I wasn't expecting to even play the 21 minutes game. I would have guessed between 10 and 12. So. Um, He's a contentious point for a lot of Duke fans to talk about. Uh, yeah. I'm a Ryan Young fan, but I think for this team to be to get to where they need to be, he needs to be around that like 15 minutes a game, and and Lively takes up a few more of those, and I think they're going in that direction. It's good to see. I mean, it's awesome to see the development of Lively as you're talking about the experience from Young has been so helpful. And yeah. as we get deeper into the season, as we get to more meaningful and impactful games, shooting the basketball is going to continue to be something that uh, the Duke team has got to figure out. They've done a great job defending outside shooting this season. Now it's just a matter of knocking more shots down themselves from three-point land. Yeah, absolutely. And and Tyree showed a little bit of it the other night against Wade. Yes, he did. Yeah, which was awesome. I, I, like you say, everything changes so much from week to week, and even from game to game. Like, 
I would love to be like, man, is Tyrese turning a corner here? Because if he keeps shooting, like if he keeps shooting better, uh, he was shooting in the twenty percent from three for a while. Yeah, this got him too. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you know, you see twenty seven percent for Tyrese Proctor. That's not yeah. great. All right, no. but it was twenty two, twenty three. I mean, it is it is going up slowly exactly. but surely. A three for seven night earlier this week against Wake Forest. Yeah, sorry no. to cut you off there, but he, he really is improving. No, no, you're fine. Absolutely. And the thing with, with Tyrese that everybody said is his shot looks good. Like he has a very good form. He's, it's, it's a very clean looking shot. It's not like he's got a hitch in it or anything. So I think it was just about getting comfortable with the American play style, with college basketball play style, let alone uh, the full on Americanized basketball. So yeah. just getting comfortable in these situations and in this game or uh, style of game is what's gotten him to where he is with his three-point percentage. So seeing that improve, seeing Jeremy be – I won't, no, he doesn't need to be a knockdown shooter, just somebody if he can get his up to about 37, 38 on the year, um, which would be awesome. If we can get uh, Dariq back, I mean, he was shooting in the upper – he is shooting in the upper 30s, so that's another three-point shooter we have. And then Grandison's been not as good as we expected, but he's hitting his corner threes, which is kind of what we hoped for. Um, so just shooting, obviously, is going to be a huge thing, and that's what can carry – teams very far it carried unc very far last year in the tournament got them into the uh, to the championship game so you know a, a hot team a good shooting team can make a run in march with the right uh guys around it and duke does have that and and that's where i'm hoping we kind of can step up over the next month we will wait and see if Tariq whitehead is able to give it a go against north carolina on saturday inside cameron this is a game that every player coming to duke wants to be a part of right the unc game particularly the one at home because you know how energized the crowd is going to be in that sort of thing so we'll wait and see whether or not whitehead plays the fact that he's even possible to play in a game like this considering how scared we all were that monday night in blacksburg virginia is uh awesome awesome to be in this spot we will see whitehead again this season where have you been at with Derek whitehead the player on the floor you mentioned the 37 percent shooting from three-point range but what stood out to you about his game yeah i i think what sucks with with Derek is he came into the year and i i coined him as going to be our leading score which i do think if we had a full uh, he had a full off season where he didn't get hurt and had to sit out two months. He still could have been. Um, it sucks because he has the talent, but I don't think unless something crazy changes in the next two months, I don't think it's going to be on full display at Duke. Unfortunately, um, he'll be one of those guys who can, who can be a slasher and a really good playmaker in the NBA. He's just not going to be confident and healthy enough here at Duke to show it to us. I, from what he's given us, I, did I expect a little bit more after a few weeks of coming back from injury? Sure, but I just don't think, and I said it on Twitter a bunch, I don't think they were running offensive sets for him like they would have if he would have been uh, healthy from the get-go. And so yeah. he kind of has become the guy who you can rely on to hit knockdown threes. He plays really decent defense, pretty good defense. I don't want to say really good, but he's a, he's a good defender, solid defender. Him and Mark Mitchell on the perimeter have been great um, at doing that. But uh, – my thoughts are just kind of like, eh, like I feel for the guy, man. He's a really good player. We didn't get to utilize him the way we probably wanted to this season. And, um, but being able to have him out there as a threat is just is huge in itself. So hoping he gets back for this game, we'll find out. But um, if he can just continue to be a eight to 15 points a game guy over the, the next couple months here as the season wraps up, that could be huge for Duke. Duke basketball getting set to take on North Carolina coming up on Saturday. What a big game that's going to be for the Blue Devils when they host the North Carolina Tar Heels. We'll talk about that game coming up in just a moment here on Locked On Blue Devils. 
Our show today is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on. So excited about our new sports betting partner with the Locked On Network. It is the number one sports book in America. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 between the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation on Twitter. Ryan, folks have been following you for years for all of your Duke basketball coverage. Before we move forward, I've got to hear about this exciting news that uh, you've been sharing with folks on Twitter and the coverage that they can expect from you on your Twitter account. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I uh, just signed on with the season ticket. They are owned and operated by the same guys that run D1 Circuit, High School Circuit, bunch of following there they're at every uibl tournament they're at a bunch of high school games throughout the year stats and stuff and so now they're going into dipping into the college ranks and trying to get um, some team specific uh coverage going on and i was the first one to jump on board with that had a long-term relationship with this guy or i've known him for a while long-term relationship that was bad um i've, I've known this guy for quite a while and so when he knew but he knew about my page and when they were going into the college ranks to get team coverage hit me up and so we're going to be doing that. The season ticket.com slash the Duke or slash Duke nation will be where you can find my coverage. Going to start putting out more articles and more, uh, more news, hopefully as, as time goes on. Did I see you're trying to get in the TikTok space as well? <laughs> I did, man. I created a TikTok. <laughs> I, I've been on TikTok as like a, as a, like an anonymous user, one, two, seven, five, eight, three, whatever. Just one like, of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of those guys. And I was like, you know what? There's not many Duke people on, on TikTok. I saw an account that had like seven, 8,000 followers. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. Let's just give it a try. And so it's been fun. I have no How's idea. that going? I I have like, I hit a hundred followers yesterday. I have a couple videos with a thousand views. Like it's, I don't know. I just post a hashtag and then like people show up. I, I love I it. Know. I don't get it. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know how to like look at my notification. It's just it's still trying to figure out the TikTok algorithms. Yeah, That's I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever like put in the time to do it, but I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> People seem to like it. So. Yeah, go give them a follow everywhere at the Duke yeah. Nation on Twitter. Ryan Loman's here with us. All right, yeah. massive game tomorrow inside Cameron. Uh, we hate to be reminded of it, but of course we are for years and years to come. First trip back to the stadium for the Tar Heels since they absolutely spoiled the Coach K send-off a year ago. Uh, what can we expect Saturday in this matchup? Uh, I'm. It's gonna be really hard for me not to watch this game on mute, man. I don't like. I don't want to watch any pregame. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm done with it. It's. It's just. It's gotten to be a lot. Like especially somebody who runs an account, and every time you even like mention UNC, who has, for the record, missed expectations so far this year. Preseason number one team. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so much that has gone, and I not to say I told you so, but like I wasn't a believer right away. Not just to be a hater, just. You make one magical run in March doesn't mean you're going to do the same thing all throughout the next season. Just stuff happens. Okay. They're, they're a great, they're a talented team. Anyways, that being said, um, I'm concerned, man. Like this is <laughs> like, who's going to guard Baycott. Ryan Young is probably going to get, I don't want to go negative Nancy. I think we can win this game. It's at Cameron. It's a very winnable game. 
They, they are very streaky shooting wise. I'm worried about Armando Baycott and what he could do to Ryan Young and what he could do to Derek Lively. Lively's a, a good defender on a rim, de, rim defender, but a guy with like Baycott, he hasn't faced that yet probably in his career. So I'm um, a little concerned about that. As long as you can keep Caleb Love and RJ Davis in check shooting the ball, um, and just let Baycott get what he get what he gets. Get give him his twenty five and fifteen. Like they can't, he can't beat us. Just don't let R.J. Davis and Caleb Love go off like they did every single time or the last two times we played them last year, and we'll be okay. And I think guys like Mark Mark Mitchell can defend that. Um, Tyrese Proctor is is proven to be a much better defender this year than he was at the beginning. And if we possibly could get Derek Whitehead back to cover one of those guys as well, um, that would be big. Yeah, uh, but. I'm nervous because of all the reasons I stated above, um, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if we get a just a slight bit of revenge from last year. Yeah, no, John Shire, his first time in the rivalry as the head coach. Of course, he's been in the rivalry more times than any of us can count as a player and a member of Coach K's staff, and now it's his show to run and that sort of thing. All right, so I would agree. I think you've got to be a little concerned about the Baycott dynamic from North Carolina. His interior presence in the post is absolutely dominant. And defensively, we haven't necessarily seen something from Duke consistently throughout the season that would give you confidence. All of that to be said, who is North Carolina worried about? See, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, worry about flip, obviously. Um, I I would assume they're going to put Leaky Black on him. Leaky's tall, lengthy, but... Filipowski's and by far their best defender. Yeah, I mean that yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. If, if they don't put him on flip, they're not going to put him on Mark. They're, they're going to put him on Proctor. No, it's not going to. I I just can't see them putting him on anybody else but Flip. Flip's got the size advantage there. Obviously, Leaky still is a really really good defender. So um, they got to worry about Flip. Flip in this game, Flip could go off for a bit because he's got that size and, and length on on Leaky. And I'd also how or how. Uh, RJ Davis or Caleb Love guards Jeremy Roach will be interesting. Jeremy Roach is the only returning player that had played minutes last year in that game. Like there's a chip on Jeremy Roach's shoulder after last year. So how he performs in this game um, is is going to be very telling as to kind of like the the type of player he is and can be. Obviously an undersized guard. Uh, I believe Caleb Love would be guarding him. I I don't know how they're going to do the Caleb Love, RJ Davis, Tyrese Proctor, Jeremy Roach situation on defense there, but. Um, I'm really looking to, to flip and Roach to have the two big games. And if Roach can come out and, and throw up 17 to 23, 22, um, that'd be huge for his confidence and this team's uh, chances of success. Yeah, I, I really am excited about the guard matchup myself to see how Jeremy Roach steps up as the leader of this team. 21 points earlier in the week against Wake Forest, 17 of which came in the first half. Uh, the Caleb Love dynamic has always been so fascinating to watch. The dude absolutely loves playing against the Duke Blue Devils. If you missed yeah. yesterday's podcast, getting the chance to chop it up with Jason Jordan, our recruiting insider, formerly uh, the recruiting director for Sports Illustrated, sharing those stories of the Duke coaching staff narrowing their focus on Jeremy Roach rather than Caleb Love. And Caleb Love continuing to take that personally. Uh, yeah, let, let's see what that looks like come Saturday night. Yeah, I'm very interested in it. And like you said, just to see the kind of player that Jeremy is after something like that happened last season um, will be very telling to maybe even this team's chances at success in March. Like he's got to come out, be confident, put a little chip on his shoulder, have a little bit of swagger. Um, Not known as a vocal leader, but I feel like this year he's definitely stepped up a little bit more into that role. Uh, And then guys like 
Proctor and, and, and young are two guys that I'm interested in as well. Proctor coming from the international game. Like this is an environment that he's never played in before. I, For I, sure. I, would I, didn't, I didn't watch all of his international games, but uh, UNC at Cameron is probably something that most players could say they've never experienced anything like it before. So how he comes into that moment, he's played in big games before. Um, and then Ryan Young coming, like this is the reason D, like him and Grandison came from the Big Ten to Duke is to play in games like this and to see how they handle the atmosphere and the environment. Uh, I'm, I'm interested uh, heavily in. The time has been greatly appreciated today, my friend. It's always fun to talk Duke basketball with you. Big game coming up tomorrow night on ESPN. Uh, they'll have college game day there at Cameron Indoor Stadium all day long in the morning for you to watch extended coverage. Um, so speaking of coverage, Ryan, one more time, what do you want to promote? How can folks um, engage with you as we get set for this big matchup this weekend? Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Uh, just the Duke Nation on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. We're on all of those. I got another guy who runs the Instagram for the most part. Um, and then, yeah, the seasonticket.com backslash Duke Nation. And we'll be posting more and more there throughout uh, as time goes on. So, but yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. Let's not wait four months. <laughs> no, we can make that happen for I sure. I blame me. <laughs> not JJ's fault. I love that. I bailed a couple times. <laughs> not a problem at all, man. Ryan, thanks so much. Enjoy the game this weekend, and we'll talk soon, okay? Sweet. Thanks, JJ. I appreciate it. That's Ryan Lohman. He's joining us here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. What fun that was. Big-time matchup coming up tomorrow night. Duke and North Carolina. Can our guys get it done? I've got a good feeling, like I do every single time, the closer we get to a game like this. Let's make it happen. That's going to do it for today's show of Locked On Blue Devils. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Subscribe to our podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. We'll talk to you soon. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.